Welcome to Leadership Matters, a podcast hosted by me, Steve Parker. This is a series that brings a fresh perspective to leadership, motivation, and how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, and world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Each episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan's most successful leaders, and to find out more about why leadership matters. Today we're going to be talking to Carl Blunden. Carl is an old friend of mine. I've known him for probably 15 years. Um, he is the director now of the Asia-Pacific region for Taylor Hopkinson, a recruitment company dealing in the offshore wind area. Um, he's been in Taiwan for a long time. He's developed his career from, from being an English teacher and trainer here into sales and now to a point where he is the director of a multinational corporation uh, based out of Taiwan but looking after the Asia-Pac region. It's an interesting story. Very happy to have Carl Blunden in the studio. Um, Carl Blunden is the, well, he's the chair of the British Chamber of Commerce, um, and I was of late working for the British Chamber of Commerce. Um, great to have you here. Thanks for uh, your time today, Carl. Thanks for having me. Now, we, um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about sales management. Um, sales people are very specific kinds of people. H- how do you divide, do you divide sales people? Are there different kinds of sales people? Well, I think in, in my career, all of the experience I have has been consultative sales, um, so selling services, um, and you really need to to go in and, and fully understand the needs of a client before you actually have any hope of, of selling them anything. So I think the, the type of person that you need to bring into to a role like that is a very specific type. They need to be interested in other people. They need to be inquisitive. Um, they need to, to listen more than they speak, which is a, a misconception of a lot of salespeople is that, you know, that old traditional door-to-door salesman where the door opens and, and you're speaking from the time you enter the house until the time you leave. Uh, the sales that, that I've been involved in throughout my career has been completely different from that. It's it's having people who can ask the right questions and, and actually listen to what the client is is telling you and then guide the conversation using the questions that you're asking. Through that process, you can understand exactly what the client needs and and you can provide them a more tailored or customized service um, that I think immediately separates you from a lot of competitors, no matter what you're selling, excuse me, who who go in and, and try to sell A, B or C. And so when I'm looking to to bring in new salespeople I look at the way that they interview. I look at you know what questions they ask me when when I when I when I give them the opportunity to ask questions. Um, and I always you know for me I'm usually the second or third interview for a person who's coming into the company and and I ask them what they want from a company, what they want from a boss, what they what what are their priorities with respect to to the next step in their career. And I listen really carefully to the answers that they give to those questions and then also to the questions that they ask me. And I, I picture, you know, how would I feel if I were the client um, dealing with, with, with this salesperson? And, and for me, I think a lot of people would disagree with this, but I have to, to like someone in order to hire them. Um, I look at their, their attitude. I want positive, optimistic people, you know, not unrealistic but, but people who are, who are going to make a positive contribution to the overall culture and atmosphere of the office. 
And those people, I think, if, if you enjoy communicating with them, then there's a much better chance that the, comp- the client that you're working with is going to enjoy working with them as well. And in the end, you know, it's very cliche, but, but clients buy from people. They don't buy from companies. And, and so I need to make sure that the people that I have in my team are, are good communicators, that I think clients will enjoy communicating with them, but also that they're responsible and that they keep the, that they keep the priorities of the client um, top of mind whenever they're dealing with those clients. How do you lead a group of people like this? I mean, the sales process, you've kind of, you've mentioned it, right? You, you want people to consult. And we'll come back and touch on that a little bit later on as well. But how do you lead people to, you know, can, can you develop salespeople and how do you do it? And how do you motivate them to go out there and achieve? I think the people that you, that you bring into the business, um, you know, a certain a certain amount of motivation is is intrinsic, and and I don't think if, if someone is completely lacking motivation that you can instill that within them. Um, but if you can bring in people who are motivated, maybe they don't have the entire skill set that that you hope that they will have. That's that's as a manager and as a leader, that's where your that's where your job comes into play. And and for me, that's the greatest importance of a leader is to to look at these people that you have in your team and you've obviously brought them in because they have some of the traits, skills or abilities that you want them to have. But, you know, the, the same as, as, as you or I, we have areas for improvement as well. They all do as well. And, and it's, it, again, it needs to be customized and tailored and you need to look at these people and think, um, where are there areas that they can develop? What can I do to help them develop Am I best using the skills that that they have right now? Are there barriers that they have that 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 I can help remove? Um, whether that be through mentoring, coaching, training, um, changing internal structures or processes, um, if it's if it's going to benefit the entire team, I think a, a leader needs to have that flexibility and dynamism, and and be able to look at the people in the team individually, and then be able to change the way you work with them and communicate with them based on the type of communication and cooperation that is gonna that is going to lead to their success as a as a salesperson well as a sales manager right or a sales leader which is really you know the essence of what your job you want people to be out there hunting you want them to be out there finding new business and or uh you know looking after existing business what are the tools that you use to understand where people are at with their, with their pipelines, with the outcomes? Yeah, I think when, when I bring people into the team and, and very quickly we, we establish trust. When I hire people, I, 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 I trust them from the beginning. Um, and then, you know, their, their performance dictates whether or not that, that trust remains strong. Um, I'm, I'm not a micromanager in any way. Um, but I am again very clear on the values and and the the way in which we should be communicating with clients um, and making sure that the team is focused on providing the best solution for any given client. And I think when you sit and you have discussions with the team, you know, for all my direct reports, we have weekly one-on-ones. Um, we have a team meeting that we have once a week as well. Um, and I think if you're asking the right questions again, um, of your team, then when you look at their understanding of the client, the way that they respond to your questions, 
So I think the trust is extremely important when you're managing teams, um, especially if you want to empower them to go out and deal with those clients without you being there. Um, and you have to use those conversations when they come back to ensure that they're that they're engaging the clients in the way that you want them to. This is super interesting, this idea of, uh, you just mentioned like uh, this element of trust and you also mentioned that you want them to be able to achieve and go through this process without you having to be there. There is a, there's a kind of a, there's a kind of a, people who work in sales, and you are a very, very good salesperson. Uh, you've now, over a number of years, you've developed yourself into a sales manager and now you're a director of the company. Um, there's, a, there's this kind of, a, and I've met this a number of times, where the, the sales manager who is the kind of the superhero sales how do you resist the temptation to want to go in and fix things without empowering your staff to be able to go through that process and learn it? I think it's understanding what your your value to the company is and, and, and also being clear on what your personal goals and objectives are. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm developing Asia Pacific for Taylor Hopkinson. It's, you know, we're looking at growing to have offices in, in you know, five to six countries in the region. Um, I want to have successful teams in all of those countries. You know, I think when you move into a leadership position, you need to be very cognizant to the fact that your success is entirely contingent on the success of the people in the team, right? And if I'm constantly jumping in and taking over um, and, 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 and saving things, then they're never learning they're never growing the confidence that they need to have to be able to do that into the future and hopefully get to the point where they can grow their own teams and be able to coach their own people um so in the end i I, for me i don't find it difficult to to refrain myself from from jumping in my personal goals are the goals of the company and the region so i i can't be jumping in all the time um motivating people um your idea of motivating, I think, is f- actually finding the right people, right? <laughs> I mean, motivating is important, um, but it seemed to be. I think motivating is important and finding the right people is in- incredibly important, but motivating for me is more about understanding what's important to each individual that reports into you and then finding a way to to tie in the direction that you want them to go with achievement of their personal goals because those goals are different across even within salespeople their 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 goals and motivations are very different some people are motivated by by moving to the you know moving from consultant to senior consultant some people are motivated by um you know bigger commissions some people are are motivated by relationships that they have within the team and i think you need to as a leader understand what these motivations are and how they differ and then in those one-on-ones, find a way to tie those motivations and aspirations to the direction that you're driving the company as a whole. And that is a way to, to as I mentioned, to, to, to get the team to want to move in that direction, not just simply move in that direction because they're being pushed to move in that direction. Right. Some of the things that, that I've heard from other leaders that we've spoken to, um, is this idea of a, a leader being able to admit when they're wrong. And I think this is one of the hardest things for people who run organisations who are, you know, at, at a certain level, you're, you're supposed to be right. You know, you're supposed to know what's, you know, what is the right thing to do. 
I mean, how difficult it is, is it, to admit that you're wrong about something or to accommodate a different perspective and change the direction that you were originally heading in? I don't think it's difficult at all. Um, personally speaking, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not motivated by having the credit attached to my name that, you know, these three strategies that allowed us to achieve this goal were all thought of by me. <laughs> that I really couldn't care less about this. I, you know, I hire smart people into the team. I hire motivated people into the team and I hire people who hopefully have different perspectives than me. And through those conversations and that communication, I want to find the best way to achieve the goals that we have. And maybe I have an approach that has worked in the past and maybe it will be successful again. But maybe there's also better ways to do it or ways to, to augment the process that I used in the past. And everybody has different experience and different perspectives. So I, I, I don't find that difficult at all. I, I think that's a, it's, a very, um, it, it's a very mature attitude. And I'm not, I'm not sure that I, most of the people I've spoken to on the show, I think, share your view here. But I'm not sure that everyone out there shares this view. It's, I think it's often quite difficult for people to face up to a decision and have to make a, a face up to a decision that they've made and realize that that was a wrong decision. I'm not sure it's natural to everybody. So this kind of leads me slowly into something that I wanted to kind of finish up with you, which is this idea of uh, self-development. I, I guess, I mean, do you have advice for, because do you have advice for people who want to change careers or want to develop themselves in a certain direction? I'd have a couple of, of pieces of advice. Um, the first is I think you need to have a clear picture of what you want, and that's not always easy. Um, but you need to, as clearly as possible, identify the goal. You know, is it um, a certain position? Is it a job in a certain company? Is it an industry? Is it a type of position? And then take a very honest look at yourself and understand what skills you have already and what skills you either don't have or skills that you have that need further development. And when, when I was moving into sales in Taiwan, I mean, an example of this would be a, a glaring example would, would be, I spoke no Chinese at the time. And, you know, in Taiwan, if you're going to do corporate B2B sales, and if you can't speak Chinese, then there's a, a massive section of the market that you're not going to be able to touch. And so I, I, I knew that and and I identified that, and then I, more importantly, came up with a plan um, to actually study Chinese and, and study to the point where I could use it in business, um, whether that be verbal communication, contracts. And, and I mean, that was a process that, that, that took four to five years. And so I, I bought a book, I studied for a year on my own, and then I went to, to Taida for um, two and a half, almost three years while I was still working full-time as a trainer. But I, I always knew that this would be necessary for me to make the transition into sales and, and to be able to successfully build a career in Taiwan in sales. Um, and then I think this is a, a process of constant learning and you constantly need to be looking at yourself and reevaluating where you need improvement and where you can further develop. Um, and, and especially as you move from position to position, um, you know, each position brings with it new challenges and you need to be able to 
to, to take the added stress, to have the confidence that you can you can handle the challenges you're, that are coming your way, um, but then also to always be looking at what you can wear and how you can improve yourself. I've heard a couple of, I think, very, very salient points, which I think are really good to take away with us. Um, this idea of self-assessment, I think, is a super interesting one. You know, you have to look at what you're good at, what you're not good at. Um, value, I think. Value what you're good at, right? Understand it and use it. But also then, as you say, you need to look at what else do I need to have in order to be in the goal or be the person that I want to achieve the thing that I want to do. Um, the other thing that I really like about you, which often people don't talk about, is this idea of process goals or process goals, as you would say in your, uh, your part of the world. Um, process goals and outcome goals. Uh, and I think a lot of people look at outcome goals and will sit around until that happens, right? But this idea of setting yourself the steps, right? I think this is a nice place for us to finish up on because I think this idea, and maybe I'll just, if there's a last point you want to play to, to this idea, this, um, this idea of step goals, you know, it's good to have a go- an outcome, but in order to get there, you need to do something, right? I think it again comes back to, to having a, a clear plan of, of how you're, you're going to achieve your targets. And, and those, you know, if you're ambitious, um, those outcome goals are going to be huge and often far off in the future. And so within a process of improvement and learning, you still need to have some successes that you can celebrate. And I think this is where the process goals come into play, right? What do you want to achieve this week? What do you want to achieve this month, this quarter, this year? And then achieving those goals and seeing the process. Um, Because a lot of people will set a long-term goal, not have the process goals, and then, you know, after a certain period of time, feel like they're failing because they haven't achieved that outcome goal. I think the other main point is to ensure that goals are ambitious but realistic. You see it with people every January, right? People who don't go to the gym at all and they they have a New Year's resolution that they're going to go to the gym five days a week um, and the first week they go and they they go three times and they feel like a failure and then they don't go anymore. But you've actually just gone from zero to three. So why aren't you celebrating that fact? You know, why aren't you starting one to two times the first week for the first month? You know, moving up to three when you feel like you're ready and then eventually over a reasonable period of time, getting yourself to that four or five times a week and enjoying those milestones and successes along the way rather than setting an extremely ambitious and and maybe unreasonable target, um, setting yourself up for failure in the short term, which then precludes you from ever getting anywhere near that long-term goal. So I think, you know, having a clear goal but making sure it's reasonable and attainable, but then having really clear milestones and process goals along the way. And that's a great place to finish up. Carl Blunden, thank you very much for your time today. It's been, uh, as always, illuminating. And I look forward to seeing what's going to happen in, uh, in 12 months from now when you've set up all your, uh, your, your outcome goals. Thanks for having me, Steve. You can listen to this podcast on the fourth Monday of every month and on the ICRT website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Leadership Matters by Stephen Parker. You can also check out my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We'll see you next time.